You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Daniel likes that song. Oh, yeah, it's a banger. That is totally a banger. Look to your neighbor and say, the launch. The launch. Not launch, the launch. I'm just kidding. Say the launch. And look to your other neighbor and say the final countdown. All right. Let's pray. We're going to jump straight in. But Heavenly Father, bless this message. Anoint me to preach and teach and make it plain and understandable. God, help me speak not only as a pastor, not only as a shepherd, a teacher, prophet, whatever, God. But I just pray, Lord, I would speak as a father tonight. Lord, may I represent you well. Lord, I pray, God, that every year, Every eye and heart is open to receive what you have today. Father, I thank you for the coming weeks, Lord, as we're getting into the launch and what really is the final countdown of this season. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just pour your favor out all over Cayo and over every student, even those that are not here. We miss them. Let them know we love them and miss them. And Lord, that our hearts are with them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Well, we're coming to the close of one season, getting ready to enter into another one. School's about to end. Finals are on the horizon. Some of our students here are not here tonight because they have homework and finals and papers to write and all that good stuff. Graduation is a mere weeks away. By the way, Ashton's graduating this Friday. With your master's. And what is it exactly in? Social work with an addictions focus. Yeah, everybody give Ashton a big hand clap. Let's honor her. Woo! We're proud of you. We're proud of you. Now, we can't be there, but we cheer. Like I said, I texted her earlier. I said, Trisha and I, we cheer you on. Our heart's with you. We're really proud of Ashton. Ashton's one of our favorite people around here, and we call her friend. Everybody say amen. 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 Summer's on the horizon. We got Summer at Cayo coming up at the end of the month. Summer at Cayo, where every week is something fun, awesome. Yes, there's worship. Yes, there's amazing messages. Yes, there's awesome games like slip and slide kickball. All those things begin at that very end of the month. So many possibilities for this summer. Summer launching from high school. Some of you guys are getting ready to bump up from middle school to high school here in a few months. The big, suddenly the, the little dogs are becoming the big dogs, and you know who you are. Super excited. I'm excited. Guys, can I just say from my heart for a minute, I really missed you guys. I know I've been, I've been gone for two weeks, but I haven't seen many of you for about five weeks. The last time I saw most of you guys was either spring break or the week before where we kind of had a big downpour of rain, and then the pursuit weekend right before that. So many of you I have not seen for about five or six weeks. Others I haven't seen for two weeks. Some I talked to through live chat like three weeks ago. So I really miss you guys. And I, I don't just say that. Like I really miss, when I'm not here, I miss you guys. I miss being here. I love you guys. Trisha knows how much it pains me to miss, but I really, I really love you guys. So tonight, we press the start button and we ignite the mission to the future. Where we're going next. It's like vacation. Like when you go on vacation, you know how the journey just absolutely is rigorous, tiresome, and just sometimes flat out sucks? You know, hey, we're going to Florida in the car. 
We're not flying and taking it easy and spending a grand just to get there in an hour or two. We're going to drive the whole way. It's going to be like 12 hours to Orlando. Bathroom breaks, gas station stops. For some people, probably the squirts. Hey, hey, you want the truth or you not? I'll talk about Yeah, it's funny. We were playing chess earlier, and I mentioned a girl I went on a date with. Jonah goes, I don't know that story. They're like, will you talk about her tonight? No. So, <laughs> sorry, Mr. Jonah. But vacation, the, the journey is what's tough. But when you get to the destination, do you ever, do you ever like, think about the journey? Do you care? No. It's like if you're going to Islands of Adventure or Disney World, you don't care. Because once you're on there riding those rides, you don't think about any of the other nasty stuff and the bathroom breaks and the arguments and the fights and the uncomfortability in the car. So, we're getting ready to, we're going to enjoy the journey, right? So we're going to enjoy the journey over the next few weeks, over the next summer, because God's got big plans in store for you guys and for Kayo. I'm excited. Uh, I've spent the last few weeks, last few weeks, I've been out uh, not on, va- people thought I've been on vacation, but I've been on like two retreats. And this last one I went on was pretty powerful. I spent so much time just soaking in the presence of God and listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do you listen to Him? Well, we teach you guys each and every week. We model it each and every week. In fact, if you were here for the Pursuit Weekend, you saw the Holy Spirit modeled and in action, especially the final night. Who remembers that night? Come on. I do. Was that not a powerful night? Did God not move? Did he move? Come on, let's give him honor. Can I just, can I just encourage you guys today? One thing that we're going to be is we're going to be people of honor. By the way, Nathan, thank you for bringing the pulpit up here. I appreciate that. Let's, let's, let's just give, let, who remembers that night if you were here? Come on. Let's give God praise. Let's honor him. See, I remember that. I'm marked by him. Praise God. It's awesome. <sighs> Man, I've just, there's so many thoughts running through my head. Uh, I'll try to get through this as quick as I can. Kobe, I might get to my points. I might not. We'll see. I don't know yet. But I basically spent a lot of time just listening to the Holy Spirit. Just being out in the woods and just waiting on God. It was good. And it's funny. I remember when I was out there, I was like, God... This is amazing. Why don't I do this more often? And it was like God just in a moment's like, duh, you know the answer. You don't spend time with me. You don't carve out time. You don't put me first. You put your schedule first. You put other people first. You put other people first instead of me. He didn't say that. I just knew that instantly. He just looked, it was almost like God was looked at me and said, duh, you know why? You don't do it. You know, hey, if you hung out with me, this is what it's like. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. And he wasn't beating me down. It was just like, hey, we can hang out like this all the time. But sometimes my schedule gets the better of me. Who can relate to that? Come on. When's the last time you read the Bible? Don't even answer it out loud if you're ashamed. But by the way, there's no shame. But when's the last time you actually read the Bible? When's the last time you listened to a worship song? When's the last time you prayed, let alone prayed for somebody else? 
If it's been a while, let me encourage you, as we're stepping into this next season, it's a fantastic opportunity to reignite, relaunch your relationship with God. Does that make sense? All I know is I spent the last week, you know, and there's one thing I learned. One thing I learned. I hung out with a bunch of men for most of the week. And we started out like, like us tonight. Trisha's, Trisha and Daniel leading us into worship. And a lot of people not really engaged. Not, their hearts aren't really in it. Their mind's not really in it. But by the end of four or five days, you got people jumping you got people shouting. You got people weeping, hugging one another, and telling them how much they love one another. I got a call from a guy before I came in here tonight who spent five years in a penitentiary, and for three months, every night, he would cut a hole, or he would, he would put a razor blade in his toothbrush handle. He would duct tape this toothbrush handle. He would hold it in his hand, and then he would duct tape his hand so if anybody tried to attack him, they couldn't knock that blade out of his hand. This was for him to survive every night for three months. Let's imagine this for a moment. This man's rough. He's tough, and I call him the godfather of Texas because he gets more done in few words than anybody I know, and I only know him for five days. But this man calls and t- calls me and tells me, hey, brother, I love you. I'll be praying for your service tonight. But he's telling me how he, for three months in a penitentiary, he had to literally put a toothbrush, a razor blade and a toothbrush. Why would he do that? Because he's got a weapon. By the way, nobody do that. <laughs> Somebody's like, hmm. And he duct tapes it to his fist. He would just sit down. He goes, to this day, he sits in a corner of a room and he watches every door and he always has a, a fail-safe plan on how to get out of a building if somebody tries to back him into a corner. He said, five years in the penitentiary, and with that every night for three months, it changes a man. Does that make sense, gentlemen? But this man is praising Jesus, loving Jesus, give his life, he gave his life to Jesus. Rough, tough, godfather of Texas, And he gave his life to Jesus. Why does this matter? Because when it comes down to the Lord, he comes first. You don't care about everybody else. My point tonight, guys, is you and I are not of this world. You and I, we are not of this world at all. We're not of this world. See, if you look around for just a moment, look at school, look at your friends, look at what you wear. You're going to look like the world. See, the reason why nobody, the reason why it takes a man over the course, now by the way, this man ministers in penitentiaries and prisons all throughout the state of Florida. He's rough and tough, and it's funny because he was once an inmate, and now he's got keys to get in. They gave him his own set of keys. But this rough and tough guy calls me and tells me he loves me. He's praying for me. That's a guy who is not of this world. He doesn't care what you think or what anybody thinks because he loves me and he loves Jesus. But unfortunately, here's what the Bible says. We'll jump in. Philippians 3.20 says this. 
We are a colony, a citizenship of heaven on earth. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus. New Living Translation says this, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. We are not of this world. We are citizens of heaven if you call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. Let me tell you about my Savior, Lord and Jesus. Lord, let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you call him Lord or Savior, you're not a citizen of this earth. You're a citizen of heaven. You've got one foot here and one foot there all the time. You're, not, you're representing a different type of kingdom. I was a guy that loved knights and medieval stuff. And that knight had a coat of arms and there were things on his shield, things on his uh, helmet or a flag that said who he belonged to. And we walk around like we belong to everybody else but God. The reason why nobody... The reason why nobody notices anything different is because we look, sound, talk, and are too much like a world we don't belong to. If Jesus is Lord, we don't belong to the world. Like Pastor Gerald, that doesn't make any sense. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell you is this. For many years, I felt weird and misunderstood. And in fact, in the last 10 months, I felt sort of broken sort of broken. This is your pastor talking to you right now. For the last 10 months, I've been wrestling some brokenness that the enemy has tried to use fear, rejection, lies, and deception to get me to believe what he was tempting me with in my mind and in my heart. I traded the truth for lies. Pastor Darrell, how does that happen? Are you a liar? No. Let me give you an example. That lie that says you're not good enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough, not good enough, not righteous enough, not holy enough. That lie that says I'm praying. I'm looking at you and praying. Carter's like, what are you going to say? I'm praying. That lie that you believe, and you know what it is. You know deep down there's a lie that you believe. It's what keeps you up at night. It's why you're depressed. It's why you're sad. It's why you're literally looking at your phone late at night, staying up, literally losing sleep. Because I was around a bunch of men. And I can tell you right now, the one thing I learned is how important youth ministry is coming out of this last week. Because every ounce of trauma, every ounce of bitter, every root that's taken place happens around your age. And if there's one thing I learned at this stage of life is so important and so crucial. You cannot downplay anything because the devil will take it, twist it, use it, and the fruit of all of those nasty roots will just grow in your heart, grow in your life, grow in your mind, and you'll wonder how in the Heck, did I get here? We're not citizens of this world, folks. See, the world system is not God's system. The world says, do more, buy more, have more, and you'll be more happy. Be more famous, post more. D 
DM more, post more stories, become an influencer, do more, and you'll be fulfilled. That's the world system. But we're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of God. We're sons and daughters of the king. More does not always mean happy. Is this making sense? This is not, hey, guys, chin up. There's no shame here, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. See, the world will hate you because you belong to Jesus. The world will hate you because you belong to Jesus. Oh, Pastor Gerald, this is really uplifting. I'm just being real with you. The world, hey, there are seniors that are not here that this message is really for them as well. The world will hate you because you belong to Jesus. Not a popular message. Doesn't sound fun, but it's true. Here's what the scripture says. Jesus says in John 15, 19, if you were to give, it says, if you were to give your allegiance to the world or the world system or the world culture, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. Do you ever notice that if you agree with everybody on Twitter and all the social media channels in the narrative of the day, do you notice everybody loves you? But if you disagree just a little bit, if you just slightly disagree, if you even slightly speak up, they're ready to cancel you like that. Let me go ahead and tell you, who likes Snickers in here? Who hates Snickers? Okay, because Trisha hates Snickers and I like Snickers, well, she's a hater. But you know what? We can disagree and still love one another, can't we? Can't we? I would hope so. I would hope so. I would, we better. Okay, Pastor Darrell, that's real easy. Well, okay, I like Little Caesars, and you like Mellow Mushroom. Let me go ahead and tell you, Mellow Mushroom is not that good, but it's probably a little bit better than Little Caesars. Yeah, for sure. I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take 54 Pizza Express over Mellow Mushroom any day. Mellow Mushrooms, well, they're both kind of high. Point is, Mellow Mushroom is reg to me. But just because you like Mellow Mushroom, and I like 54 Pizza, we can disagree and still love one another, Right? Of course we can. Come on, Sammy. Sammy's like, no, I am not going to. No. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate your conviction, Sammy. It's good. Here's the thing. It also says this. It says, it says but because you won't, everybody say won't, align yourself with the values. Notice it says values of this world. They will hate you. Jesus says, I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. Jesus says, I've taken you, I've transplanted you out of the world, and you're mine. Jesus says, I've chosen you. Pastor Darrell, you don't know what I've done. Pastor Darrell, I've been addicted to pornography for three years. Pastor Darrell, you don't know what I've done. I've been just drinking alcohol every day at night just to get through. Pastor Darrell, you don't know what I've done to my siblings. You don't know what I've said about people online. You don't know who I've bullied, who, who I've talked trash about to their face and online. Doesn't matter. Because he chose you. Because he loves you. And he gave his life for you. You're valuable. Sammy. You're valuable. Sammy. Jesus loves you so much. You're so beautiful. You're beautiful. I, hey, look at me. You hear me? Sammy. You're beautiful. Hey. I'm speaking life into you. I'm a father. Right? Look at me. 
You're amazing, and you're talented, and you're gifted. You're intelligent. You're very intelligent. Probably so much smarter than people even give you credit for. You know why? You reflect the glory of the king every day. When you smile, I see Jesus. When you don't smile, I see Jesus. That's you. Do you understand? That's you. Don't you ever doubt it for a second. Say, well, Pastor Joe, you're just being nice. Mm -mm, I don't have to say any of this. I say this because I see it. God loves you all the more. Sammy, I don't care who you were before, but if you're in Christ, that person's gone. Sammy, you're brand new. You're a new creation. You represent, you're a daughter of the Most High God. Forget what people say. Forget what they've said. Don't let that take place in your heart anymore. Everybody say amen. amen. He chose you, girl. But Jesus says, you're going to be hated. It's not popular. Jesus, was he not crucified at the cross? Was he not beaten and bloodied? Was he not mocked and spat on? Was he not bloodied and everything? Was he? Anybody seen the passion anytime recently? Jesus was messed up. Why? Because he loves you and he loves me. Jesus says no servant's greater than the master. Can I just tell you, if you're not liked because of your faith, get happy. Carter, if they don't like you because you represent Jesus... Get happy, bro. Jesus says, you're his. Jesus says the world will hate you if you won't align yourself at all. If you feel a little weird in here sometimes, awesome. If you feel a little different in here, cool. If you feel out of place, you're not. You're not out of place at all. At all. Pastor Darrell, why do they hate us? Why do they hate Christians? Why do they hate Jesus? Because John 15, 20 says, 15, 21 says, it's because they don't know who God is. See, people will hate you. People will make fun of you. People will mock you because they don't know who God is. How are they going to know who God is? We got to show it to them. We got to show it to them. Just because I represent Jesus doesn't mean you can run over me like a doormat. You don't have to be a doormat. You just got to be you. Sammy, you're not a doormat. You got that? So don't let this bother you. It seems completely opposite to what the world says. We want everybody to like us, don't we? Don't we? Come on, let's get real tonight. Hands. Who wants everybody to like me? Come on, don't lie. That back row is back there dozing off on me or not paying attention. You guys are lying through your teeth. Who cares what the world thinks? Let's get real. Whew. You know why I call you out? Because I don't want you to be afraid anymore. I don't want you to feel afraid. Or the fact that just because I might answer it wrong. Don't worry about answering it wrong. Just answer it honest. That's all you got to do. Zariah, just be honest. It's okay. There is no wrong answer. <sighs> so the world's going to hate us. But you're not of the world. In fact, the scripture says, but we have conquered the world because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. 1 John 4, 4 says, little children. Everybody look to your neighbor and say, little child. You can be certain 
that you belong to God and have conquered them. New Living Translation says, have victory over for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in where? Where? Hmm. Let's read that again, Mr. Jonah. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, have victory over it. Victory over for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. Jesus is inside of you. God's Spirit is inside of you. If you're born again in here, if Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, His Spirit lives in you. You are not defeated. You are not broken. You are not weird. And you are not misunderstood. The devil wants you to believe every lie and every ounce of deception and everything he can, if he can find one vulnerable part of your armor and he can literally get you to sneak in a lie and get you to believe it, he will. To think you can't be forgiven. To think you can't be loved. To think there's no way of going back. When I was 11 years old, my dad lost his job. You know this story. He lost his job. We lost our house. What you don't know is in the same time, we're in the Little League playoffs, and I love baseball if you know me. We got Kyle jerseys around here. There's a reason. If you know me for a second, I love baseball. We're in the Little League playoffs. This is a big deal. If you're a player at all, you always want to make the playoffs. Always. But my dad's lost his job. My dad's working two jobs. My mom is chewing out my dad, which in some ways she's responsible for him losing his job. My mom is chewing out my dad every day. It's so loud. You can probably hear it all the way on the overpass. That's that big road over there. And my brother's taking us out, trying to protect us, trying to keep us away from it. My mom's throwing skillets at me. I have to duck pans at me. You think that doesn't change somebody? You don't think losing the protection of your home Losing the protection of your, your dad and your mom? You don't think that doesn't change you? And then when I go to my baseball game, it changes you. It changes you. And then you go to the game, and you finally get to hang out with your friends to get away from all this stupidity and all this craziness and all this chaos, all this thievery, because the devil is a thief who steals, kills, and destroys. If he can't destroy you, he'll kill you. If he can't kill you, he'll steal from you. That's what he does. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You may have lost a loved one at a young age or sometime in recent memory. God didn't take them. God did not take them. The thief the devil, the enemy, Satan himself. He's got a target on you, bro and young lady. And he had a target on my back at 11 years old. Daryl, if we don't sell your baseball cards, if we don't cash in your savings bond, if we don't sell those coins that you have, mom and dad are going to go to jail. Mom and dad are going to go to jail. I'm 11 years old. And I've got valuable baseball cards. And the weight of the world's on my shoulders. You might think this is stupid, but it was everything to me. To take all these baseball cards that I've collected and I said was for me. 
that's mine. Does that sound familiar? Oh God, you can have all this, but you can't have that. That's mine. And I remember going to that, I remember going to baseball card shop after baseball card shop in this city and in Evansville trying to sell my cards so my parents would not go to jail. That's what they told me. Why would they go to jail? Well, because when you write checks and they're not good, eventually they bounce and then you get fee after fee after fee and it's this big giant hole that you can't get out of. It never stops. These cash advance places, they operate the same way. Am I making sense? Do you understand my passion of what I'm saying here? You cannot downplay anything. So when I go to my baseball games, ready to get away from all of this and escape for a little while and enjoy baseball and hang out with my friends for a little bit, because my dad was so devastated so many times he wouldn't even take me to my game because he was so depressed and so defeated. And when I finally got to go, I would get up to bat and no one would cheer my name. No one. That's fair. Why is it such a big deal? Because we cheered everybody else's name. Why not mine? Because I was weird. His dad lost his job. They're poor. They lost their house. He's weird. Don't even be nice to him. Do you know what that did to me? Do you understand? Do you understand what that did to me? All my friends. I chanted their name. What the heck? So I get rejected at home plate. You might say, Pastor Vera, why is this such a big deal? I'm being real with y'all. But this, this, this season of my life, event after event after event after event, I had rejection and pride. No one's ever going to hurt me again. Have you said that in here? No, I'm not going to let anybody do You know what you do in that moment? You've made yourself God. You've made yourself God. No one's ever going to do that to me again. No one's ever going to hurt me. You've basically said, God, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I'm God now. And what you've done is you've believed a lie. Be careful with that. Pastor Darrell, why does this matter? So what? Why do I share this story? Because it has a good ending. It has a great ending. Many, 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 many years later. Because of that season, when I was 11 years old, 11! Some of y'all may have had worse than me, and I'm not here to compare stories. But the devil knew how much... Here's the thing. The devil knows all of your potential. The devil knows that, that if you know that you're a most high child of God, if you know who you are in Christ, he knows how dangerous you are to him. Sadie, if you step into everything God's called you to be, and I see calling on your life. I really do. You're really a leader. You really are. If you'll step into that, the devil knows that. He's going to try to make you disbelieve God. Did he really say that? Like Pastor Gerald said, I'm a leader. He's just saying that. See, here, there's that voice. He's just saying that because he's being nice. No, I'm saying that because I see it. 
Kirsten? I'll get to you later. Am I making sense? Here, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't even care about the time. If you check that on me, that's on you. But I think what I'm saying makes sense to you. But the thing is, here's what the scripture says. See, I didn't know this when I was 11. I wish I had somebody who would have said, hey, at 11 years old, hey, you're a son of God. And the scripture says, Daryl, you can be certain that you belong to God and you have conquered the world. You have conquered the antichrist world system. You have conquered your enemies because God loves you and he's called you and his son Jesus died for you. You have conquered all of this. Your parents are not going to go to prison. You're going to get your house back. You're going to get your dad back who checked out for so many years. You're going to get your mom back, and mom and dad are not going to divorce. You're going to get it all back. And you know what? I'm going to do one thing better. I'm going to send you to tell other people at that age that they can trust in Jesus and that know that God loves them and he's for them and he died for them. And he paid it all for them. I'm going to take you. And the devil knew I was going to take you. And the devil tried to take me out. Is this making sense? Am I making sense? Don't check out on me now. Notice it says, why would John tell us we have conquered? It's past tense. It's past tense. What does that mean? When something's past tense, what does that mean? It's already done. So check this out. You can be certain that you belong to God and that your enemies have been conquered because greater is the Spirit of God that lives in you than he who lives in the world. Some of y'all are upset the fact that I'm raising my voice. You know what? I just want to know that you're with me and I'm passionate about this because I am tired of the devil winning. I want to stomp the devil's head in the freaking concrete and I want guts to come out. I'm tired of young people believing lies and being deceived like I was. Never again. But not in my strength, but in the Lord's strength. See, the devil wants to persuade us to think that we're lost, that we're too far gone, that we've been abandoned, that nobody loves us, that it's hopeless. But God's telling you, hey, you've already defeated the enemy because Jesus has already done it and he lives inside of you, Sammy. He lives inside of you, Clarissa. He lives inside of you, Nevaeh. He lives inside of you, Zoe. Zoe, he definitely lives inside of you, girl. You try, you're like all shy, timid, but there's an inner strength in you. Woo, there's a lioness in you. She's going to come out. Everybody say, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. You're not of this world. I could spend the next hour talking about this, but I'm not going to push you to sleep tonight. I can do it next week. Here's, so what, Pastor Darrell? I am not of this world. I am a citizen of heaven. So what? Here's what Romans 12 says. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all. Everybody say all. He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't. Look to your neighbor and say, don't. Ooh. I need to hear more don'ts out there. 
Don't copy the behavior and the patterns and the customs of this world. Let me read that again because here's the thing. This is our problem, people. Too often are we copying the behavior and the patterns and the customs of this world. One One translation says, don't copy and paste the world. Another translation says, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Don't copy the behavior and the patterns of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. What's God's will? Good, pleasing, and perfect. Does it say God's bad? No. His will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. You're not of this world. And the world will hate you because of Jesus. Fear not, take heart, you have conquered the world because of the Holy Spirit inside of you. My challenge to you is not to copy the patterns of the world. So I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads, and put away your cell phones. Please. Can I just tell you right now? I don't know if you heard anything I said tonight, but if you did, I hope you hear that God loves you. And I hope you hear that you're really, you're not of this world. Zariah, you are not of this world. You're a big kid with a big heart. You're not of this world. And to me, you're the most beautiful girl in the whole world. Because you're mine. And you know what? Jesus has to one-up me and he says, no, is mine. Devin, you're not weird. You're a citizen of heaven, bro. Don't you be laughing? You guys are like, yeah, yes. You know what? No, hey, guess what, Devin? You're not of this world, bro. You're a citizen of heaven. You are. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, let's take just a moment. I'm gonna I want you to ask you, I'm gonna ask you a question. Leaders, I want you to go ahead and come up here and be ready to pray. We're gonna change it up tonight. I want you to be real. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to stand up. Let's stand up as well. Let's stand up. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Everybody. It's bowed, eyes closed. Don't be talking. Come on, ladies. You almost made it. Almost made it. Hang in there. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Don't look to the left or the right. Even take a step off to the side. Space out a little bit. Y'all too close. I want you to ask God. I want you to hold your hands out like you're ready to receive something tonight. I just want you to be open. You know, the Bible says if you just ask and you seek and you knock, you'll find. You'll find. 
So tonight, what is your greatest need? I want you to go to the Lord. I want you to ask, what is your greatest need? What's your greatest need? Let me remind you that you're not of this world and you're not broken. The devil wants you to think and feel like you are. But thoughts and feelings are just thoughts and feelings. They're not facts. You belong to the King of Kings. Some of you are in the room and you're bleeding on the inside. Where are you bleeding? Where are you hurting the most? Where are you bleeding? Let's stop putting a band-aid on the on the scab and let's get to the root of what caused the cut and where the infection is and let's get it out tonight. Where are you bleeding? Where are you hurting? What's your greatest need? And as Daniel plays, these leaders, we're up here. We want to pray for you. We want to invite you the opportunity. Let us pray with you. Let us agree in prayer that God would come and heal these places and meet your greatest need. When I was 11 years old, I wanted somebody to come tell me they loved me. I wanted somebody to come give me hope. I wanted somebody to come say, hey, come here, bud. I love you. Hey, let's get you away from this chaos. You know why? Because you're a kid. You're not an adult. And your shoulders aren't big enough to carry this. Some of you in here, you think, well, I'm a big girl. I'm grown. I'm a big guy. I'm grown. Your shoulders are not big enough. Trust me. But his is. His are. And these leaders want to help carry. These leaders are up here. They're ready to take your load. If you want to give it up. So if you're out there and you want to come up and you want somebody to pray and believe God to do something in your life, just step forward.